Amen to that, dear friends. God is with us. What wonderful, encouraging words for us to share. Hey, Pastor Tim, and welcome to our worship service today. It's good to be with you, and good to see you in person. And welcome to all of those that are joining us online today throughout the World Wide Web. This is a day that the Lord hath made, and so let us rejoice and be glad in it. And it's good to just put yourself on pause for a moment and be here together. It's better together as we corporately worship the Lord. I'm so grateful for that. I want to share a scripture with you that's been on my heart as we continue our series here, Divine Encounter. And listen to these words from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. So my brothers and sisters, we must not be ruled by our sinful selves or live the way our sinful lives want. If you use your lives to do the wrong things your sinful selves want, you will die spiritually. But if you use the Spirit's help to stop doing the wrong things you do with your body, you will have true life. The true children of God are those who let God's Spirit lead them. The spirit we receive does not make us slaves again to fear. It makes us children of God. And with that spirit, we cry out, Father. And the spirit himself joins with our spirits to say we are God's children. And if we are God's children, we will receive blessings from God together with Christ. But we must suffer as Christ suffered so that we will have glory as Christ has glory. Friends, you know, the line between brilliant and bizarre is a thin one. And I was on uh, the web here some time ago, and I happened across the crazy site Bored Panda. <laughs> and they had a list on there of 30 of the most awesome inventions, and I think the weirdest things I've ever seen. Now, you engineer types are going to like this. One of the things on there is the baby mop. Somebody invented it. It's a baby outfit with a full set of mop heads on it. And so as your baby crawls, it's cleaning the floor. <laughs> and then there's the Weight Watcher belt. And I probably don't have to explain that, but it's got the inch marks on there to see how much you're gaining or losing. There's the LED slippers. And I kid you not, it's a pair of slippers with a full set of headlights on it. So when you put your foot in it, it guides you in the dark. <laughs> or the pizza scissors. And it's a pair of scissors with a spatula. And so as you cut the pizza, you got something there to scoop it out. But my personal favorite is the picture here. Now, these are not wingtip shoes, by the way. But this is called the No Place Like Home Shoes. And it's the name of a pair of leather shoes with a GPS embedded in the sole. And you just let the shoes where you want to go, and it starts blinking, right or left. Uh, forget your cell phone. Uh, the GPS can handle it in your shoes. Now, this would be a great invention if everybody walked wherever they went. But people don't do that, do they? But they are looking to products like this because you know what? People are searching for solutions today, aren't they? 
People are asking for answers. People are hunting for hope. And today I'm going to talk about a GPS, not in the sole of your shoe, but in the depth of your heart as we continue talking about divine encounter. Because you know what? Life is a series of choices. And your choices are going to make you or break you. Every decision has consequences. And you make a decision, may go well, it may not go well. We live in a broken world. We live in a world with a rebellious spirit. We live in a world where there's a potential for a great amount of error. It's a broken planet. We struggle with some type of difficult decision all the time. Do I get in or do I get out? Do I invest or not invest? Do I buy this home or not? Do I change careers? Do I retire? What do I do with my kids? All kinds of questions swirl about us daily. And being indecisive is really one of the great stressors in life. Yet God doesn't want you stressed out about your decisions. Um, when you have tension, it creates this kind of instability in your life. The book of James, as you recall, tells us about that, where it's called living in two minds, this season of doubt that we find ourselves in. In fact, he says it's unstable. The Greek word there is like you're walking around as a person inebriated. It just causes such great instability in your life. What's the antidote? I want to say to you, it's to encounter the living God. It's to surrender your life to the Lord and invite the Holy Spirit into your life. So we're focused on this sermon series right now, Divine Encounter. And let's face it, friends, we need to encounter God. Our world is upside down. It's decaying right before our eyes. We're trying to build an ark here because it's raining outside. People are making fun and doing all kinds of things. But what we're trying to do is get everybody focused on knowing God, inviting the Spirit of God into your life. We need God more than ever, do we not? In this world. Now, fortunately, God has given us some really important components. Number one, God gave us a roadmap. We call it the Bible. Number two, He gave us a, con a, a conscience. It's our compass if you listen to it. And number three, He gave us a personal guidance counselor. We call it the Holy Spirit. And I find having a guide is better than trying to figure it out on your own. And we are told this all throughout the Bible. Repeatedly, we're told that God wants to lead our life. Even that most frequent psalm that I share a lot at funerals, and you probably heard it more than any other passage of Scripture, Psalm 23. What does it say in verse 3? He guides me in the path of righteousness. The Bible tells us that God wants to lead you on the right path. God wants to keep you on track. He wants to lead you on the rails. Uh, now, some are thinking, Tim, this doesn't seem to work for me. I've tried some of this, and it doesn't work. But I want to ask today, are you truly being led by God? And that's what we're going to look at for just a few minutes here today, because there's some things you need to start doing in life. There's other things you need to stop doing. Psalm 23 is the most quoted, perhaps, text of the Bible, and it's not even about death. If you read it, it's really about how God wants to guide your life, how God wants to lead you. The good shepherd doesn't just meet you and feed you, but wants to lead you and direct you. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. If you have God in your life, God will direct you. God says, I'm going to give you my guidance. Now, if you've not felt 
God guiding you, that's a problem. Because the text I just read for you here, Paul saying in Romans 8, 14, very clearly, only those who are led by God's Spirit are God's children. So this is important today that you understand how you need God's Spirit in your life. I did a hike, and I, I know a lot of you are really great hikers, and some of you have been all over the country, all over the world. Some of you have gone out to Yellowstone. Some of you have gone to Hocking Hills, which is a wonderful place just in our neck of the woods. But I was out in my neck of the woods in my neighborhood one day doing a, just a day hike, looking in one of the parks, one of the uh, areas around my, my neighborhood, and I noticed myself doing some things. In fact, I noticed it wasn't just a full trot on this journey, but there's some things that I stopped doing, some things I started doing. There were some times where I pulled out my cell phone and I snapped a picture. There were some moments where I kind of got down and looked and got a little bit of a different, closer perspective with something. There are some things I stopped doing and some things I started doing. And so I want to use that as a metaphor today to tell you some things you need to start doing. If you want to be led by God, there's some things that you need to stop doing and some things that you need to start doing. And uh, I want to tell you that one of the first things that you need to do is to stop following a culture that doesn't follow God. Uh, you can't follow a society that doesn't follow God. This is not rocket science. You can't run in two different directions at the same time. You can't chase two rabbits at the same time. You can't serve God and you can't serve money at the same time. Uh, you can't serve God and, frankly, anything else. You've got to decide what's number one in your life. You can't have two number ones. In the Old Testament, Exodus 23, verse 2, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. That's the Bible. Again, it's not rocket science. Notice that that's an important voice today in our world because the whole idea is everybody else is doing it. Well, I need to be doing it. If it's legal, it must be moral, but not necessarily. You can't follow culture that doesn't follow God and doesn't want God's guidance. Most make decisions according to what is acceptable. What is going on, I want to fit in. I don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. And if they're doing it, then I must be doing it. If they're not doing it, then I don't need to be doing it. You don't want to rock the boat. When in Rome, do as the Romans. Every year, these magazines come out, and they tell you the things you ought to wear and the things you shouldn't wear. And everybody really takes notice about that. Well, I don't want to wear that. I won't be caught in that. People laugh at me. There are great pressures out there to try to get us to conform to society. But you can't form to a culture that's not led by God. One of the weaknesses of following culture, I remind you, is it's temporary. Whatever the fashions are today, they'll be out tomorrow. You just hang on to it, in 30 years it'll be back. Secondly, you cannot follow your friends who aren't led by God. And if your friends are going in the opposite direction of God, you've got a problem. You've got a choice to make. It's one thing to say, I'm going to be countercultural. It's another thing to say, I am going to let my friends influence me. And you've got to stop letting your friends set the agenda in your life. Are you following your friends who aren't following God, or are you following the Lord? Let's do that. Let's do this. Let's go here. Let's go there. Let's watch this movie. No, let's watch this TV show together. I mean, um, does it really matter? If it's a popular show on TV and yet you're filling your mind with all kinds of pollution, 
You know, we talk about air pollution, we talk about water pollution, but what about mine pollution? There's far more of that going on that I can tell in our day. Some people are so open-minded, their brains are falling out. Even when they come to church, you're just letting a freeway go through your mind of all kinds of things, and none of that stuff is ever forgotten. Proverbs 13, keep company with wise friends and you'll become wise. But if you associate with fools, your life will suffer greatly. You cannot soar with the eagles and run with the turkeys at the same time. And the third thing you've got to stop doing today is you can't look to other sources out there besides God. If you're looking for direction in life, the blessed place to look is not TED Talks or the blogs or all the discussion forums or Facebook or Instagram or any of these other things, but the best source is to look to God. There are many sources out there that are willing to run your life, many replacements. There are many substitutes for God. You know what we call them? They're idols. I've met some people who pray and then they turn around and open the horoscopes. I mean, either you believe in one or the other, and when you are looking for guidance without God, you know what we call that? That's called divination. Look it up. It means you try to figure out the future without your creator, and there are countless ways that people do this today. I kid you not. Fortune-telling and things like that. You know, in ancient times, the most common ways that people did this to discern the future was called consulting the liver. And they would actually sacrifice animals. The Romans were great at this. They would look. It's the heaviest organ. And uh, a Roman would never go into battle without somebody consulting the liver. And somebody would look at it and they'd say, yep, uh, let's go to war. We're going to win this one. I kid you not. The Babylonians did that. The Etruscans did that. This was the most commonly used form of predicting the future back in the, in the day. And I'm going to tell you, it still happens today in different ways. Tarot cards, horoscopes, these are called divination. Looking to the future without looking to God. There's some really crazy, bizarre things out there if you just go and look. Like in Russia and uh, Asia, different places, they'll throw out a whole pile of beans on the floor and whatever the pattern seems to be, that's the way they're going to go. Or there's what's called parrot mancy, where you let the parrot out of the cage and whatever card it happens to go to and try to pick up or put its claw on, that's what you're supposed to do. Or, get this, there's rumpology. Do you know that? Rumpology, there are actually people you can pay that will come in and read your future by looking at your behind. Friends, you can't make this up. I call it stupidity. <laughs> people go to all of these kinds of things today because they don't want a boss in their life. They want to look at an idol. They want the future, but they don't want God. They don't want somebody that they have to serve. They don't want someone that they have to follow. And so they go to these ridiculous sources to try to figure out what to do in the future. The Bible warns us about this. Deuteronomy 18, verse 10. Never look to psychics, seances, fortune telling, or the stars. People who claim to be in contact with the dead, people who do these things are doing evil, and God hates it. There are lots of things that we ought to stop doing. And people wonder, well, I'm praying, but nothing's happening. Well, let me tell you, you've got to stop doing some things in your life. And you've got to start doing some things. What are things that we need to start doing? Well, one is you have to desire 
divine direction. You've got to desire divine direction. I don't know, maybe when you were a kid, did anybody ever like hold you under the water for a few moments? Or maybe you challenge one of your friends, you know, how long can you stay underwater? And you're down there 10, 20 seconds, whatever it is, and like all of a sudden you're like, I've got to have it. I've got to have air. That's the kind of craving you need for God's will in your life. Where you just get to the point where, God, I need your help. Just like you're craving food, you get hungry. Or you got to have air. Do you today really desire the direction of God in your life? That's what the Bible indicates to us, having that kind of direction. Psalm 40 and 8, God, I want to do what you want. Your teachings are in my heart. A second thing that you have to do today is you have to look to God's word. God's will, friends, is found in God's word right in the middle of the Bible. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And if you're not in the Bible... Every day, friends, you're in the dark. You're walking through life without a flashlight. I want to remind you that God's will is found in God's word. And most of God's will is already revealed to you. And as you read God's word, God speaks to you. If you open the Bible, God opens his mouth. If you close the Bible, God closes his mouth. You discover the will of God in the word of God. So the message is you need to stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. Some want God to write it in the sky, but why would God write it in the sky when he's already written it in the book? We just won't read the book. The key, if you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, is you have to desire the Lord's will, and you've got to look for it. And the third thing I want to say to you is you must ask the Holy Spirit to be your guide. You were in high school, there was, and I know we have some guidance counselors, God bless you. I can remember the times I went to the high school guidance counselor trying to sort through everything I needed to do so I could graduate. Other people were there to try to find out what I need to do in life and am I headed to technical school and, and what's really my interest and passion and just somebody to talk to to guide you through what to do. It's nice to have the book, but you know what? It's even nicer to have the author. And one of the reasons you don't really know God's will is you don't ask for it. James 4.2 says, you have not because you ask not. And God's interested, i got to tell you, in every detail of your life, the Bible says even the hairs on your head are counted and numbered, and he knows everything about you. And the best way to engage your guidance counselor is to ask, is to invite God into your life to be the director of your life. Psalm 27, teach me, Lord, what you want me to do, and lead me down the right path. And you know what? You have to trust God. I was on vacation, uh, me and the fam, we were uh, driving, I think we were in the Carolinas somewhere, and somebody else was driving, it may have been Kelly, and all of a sudden she said, uh-oh, we're almost out of gas. Some of us were sleeping, some of us were, you know, on our headphones, you know how it goes, and all of a sudden the light comes on, and I said, well, we just passed a sign that said it's another 30, 40 miles to the next rest area or the next thing, so I whip out my phone, and uh, I plug in where we're at, and it says 10 miles. You turn off here, and you go down this dirt road, and about 10 miles, you're going to hit a gas station. Now you've got a decision to make. 
Am I going to believe the sign that I just passed or am I going to trust this app? 30 miles down the road or 10 miles east on the app to no man's land. This is a test. And there are so many times we're traveling through life and we have these moments of testing. And sometimes that's going to happen in your life and you're going to say, God, what is going on here? I remember the story there, Moses, and you remember the people of Israel, they were in bondage. And they are headed out of this thing. They have been going through all kind of unimaginable atrocities. And in Psalm 77, that's really a psalm that speaks here about in, down there in verse 19. God, I want to know your will. And you go, that doesn't make sense. It's actually here a verse in Psalms about this where the children of Israel are in this cul-de-sac. And in fact, the word there is Balsavon, which means God's hidden treasure, which was where they were at. They didn't know what was going to happen, but they said, we're going to follow the Lord. And it appeared that they were in a cul-de-sac, but just then a miracle happened, and suddenly the sea splits, and they are saved. Maybe today you feel like you're in a cul-de-sac. Maybe today you're not sure what to do next. I ask you today to call upon God, and he will be faithful. His GPS will never fail you. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that you are so faithful to be with us and to guide us and to lead us. We just ask, God, that your spirit will be on hearts today. We know there are so many challenges in our world, so many problems, so many decisions, so many situations where we just don't know whether to go right, don't know whether to go left. Do we get in? Do we get out? Lord, may each of us just develop that craving for you. May each of us, oh God, dive into your word and seek your will. And Lord, may we invite your spirit into our hearts that we truly are led by you today. And not all the other things that are swirling about us, but that we stop some of the things here and we start these things there, these things that you've given us in your word to do. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.